What happens when someone sets up the clock and makes a mistake? Well, I'll tell you what happens. The weather starts playing right when Roadmap to Heaven starts. But that's okay because we can uh, we can fix that really easily here. Uh, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. You know what? I like when things start off with a little bit of a laugh this morning. Because in either case, whether we got it right, whether we got it wrong, God's going to get all the glory today. And now you get a good laugh at the start of the show, and so do I. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father, amen. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, I place my trust in you. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, I believe in your love for me. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, a happy Friday morning to you. And uh, it's good to be with you. It's June 30th. It's the last day of June. Tomorrow's our first Saturday of the month. So right off the top of the show, let's remember that. Tomorrow, rosary. Meditate for 15 minutes on the rosary. Go to confession. Go to mass. Receive Holy Communion. That's your first Saturday devotion. Can you do it? Yes, you can. I believe in you. You believe in you. Let's make it happen tomorrow. Today on the show, however, we are going to be keeping our attention uh, on a couple of different things. We're going to be talking about fear. We're going to be talking about saints. Um, so we're going to start things off this morning We with a uh, homily on St. Paul, and then we're going to have a two-part homily on fear, and then we're going to wrap up talking about the saints and what happened to some of the saints after they died. Clyde Nasser from the show Quo Vadis will be with us today uh, sharing some stories. That's all ahead, and uh, if I got this right now, now we're going to go to the weather with Mike Roberts and our saint of the day. Today is the feast day of the first martyrs of the church. After the death of Jesus, but before Paul came to Rome, there were Christians in Rome, and eventually they began to have open conflicts with the Jews that were also there. Tired of these disputes, the Roman Emperor Claudius threw the Christians out, but after his death, many returned. By then, Nero was the emperor. In the year 64, there was a large fire in Rome. Initially, Nero, who was expanding his palace, was blamed for the fire, but he shifted that blame to the Christians. And as punishment, the Christians were rounded up and murdered in extremely cruel and public ways. Many were burned alive, some in the garden of Nero's palace, so he could watch them as they suffered and died. Saints Peter and Paul were among these first Christian martyrs. As for Nero, just four years after After the fire, his army was in revolt, and he was condemned to death by the Roman Senate. But before his execution could be carried out, he took his own life at the age of 31. All you holy martyrs, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts. For Covenant Network, have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. A prayer to Saint Joseph. O blessed Joseph, faithful guardian of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, protector of thy chaste spouse, the Virgin Mother of God, I choose thee this day to be my special patron and advocate, and I firmly resolve to honor thee all the days of my life. Therefore, I humbly beseech thee 
to receive me as thy client, to instruct me in every doubt, to comfort me in every affliction, to obtain for me and for all the knowledge and love of the heart of Jesus, and finally, to defend and protect me at the hour of my death. Amen. You know that if we ask the question, where are you going, we must be talking with Clyde Nasser, host of Quo Vadis here on Covenant Network. Clyde, it's good to be with you, and i, I got to tell you, I'm really excited about the series you're doing right now. We were talking about summer road trips on the show the other day. This is, I guess, like the, the spiritual uh, patron of the summer road trip. Apostles whose bodies went farther after they died than they did before while they were living. So it's good to have you with us back on Roadmap to Heaven. Nice to be back, definitely. So, I mean, for those who are saying, wait a minute, hold on, what are these two knuckleheads talking about today? This is true that a lot of the apostles, you know, they they traveled in life after our Lord ascended. They went out on mission. They died, and then for whatever reason, their bodies were taken even farther, you know. St. Peter traveled to Rome. He didn't travel too far. He stayed in Rome. But like St. James going to Spain... Or was it uh, St. Thomas, the apostle? He, mm-hmm. he kind of ended up all over the place. He did. Thomas ended up going to India, and there's really good evidence today that he ended up in China and went as far as Japan at this point. So he was all over the place. The body's going all over the place. There isn't one apostle that remained exactly where they were buried the first time. Even Peter got translated a little bit and moved to a certain extent. And um, John, who they actually can't find his body today, it's like, who knows? He's somewhere, someplace buried at at this point, but we're unaware of where that is. He could be in Ephesus still that they just haven't found him. But there are examples of them traveling thousands and thousands of miles. We have apostles in Germany. Um, They had to move around quite a bit. Wow. Now, you you use that word translate, and that's the correct word, because when we talk about moving the remains of a saint, they're they're translated from point A to point B, not transferred. I don't know why we say that, but we do. Now, what's what's the implication for this? Because, I mean, it doesn't sound like someone said, oh, don't want that guy buried here. Let's, Let's translate those remains. I mean, in many of these cases... Weren't the translations of the remains acts of piety, that they were moving the remains so they could be closer to the people for veneration? Well, absolutely. There were, there were multiple reasons, but for the most part, there were invading armies that were considered that would destroy the remains or, or scatter them at that point. So it was an act of piety to move them to a place where they could continue to be revered and enjoyed by history for the, for the rest of us to be a part of. So definitely that. There were kings and those that tried to move them. Not in all cases can we say that they were moved uh, for an act of piety. The best had to be Constantine. He decided to build a church in Constantinople where he would surround himself. This didn't come to complete fruition, but he would surround himself with the 12 apostles. And so he was going to be the 13th apostle that was the centerpiece of all this with the 12 apostles surrounding him. The only apostle that actually made it into this church in Constantinople was Andrew, who not only did he travel a great deal again during his life, but he decided he was going to go, you know, to Constantinople and all over the place. Now, when we talk about the apostles and their martyrdom, because all, all of the apostles were martyred except for St. Luke. Is that correct? Um, well, except for St. John? John. St. John. Yes. And that's, but I they always... tried to kill him right. in Rome. There's a place there that there's a church 
But God had other plans, obviously, that I will be done and all that. So. See, you just got the answer to a catechist question of the future, which of the apostles was the only one not to be martyred, <laughs> St. John. But when we talk about the deaths of the apostles and we talk about how we can still learn from their examples, you know, you and I are called to suffer in this life. You know, we might not be the most popular person if we stand up for our faith and say, well, you know, I, I don't believe in using contraception. I don't believe that that is right. I don't, whatever it may be. We might have friends shun us and say, I don't want to be your friend anymore. But the, the martyrs of the early church, I mean, they really raised the bar on what it means to suffer. You were telling me a while ago about St. Bartholomew. And, you know, we've heard that expression, I've jumped out of my skin. But, I mean, here's a guy that in all of the images of St. Bartholomew I've ever seen, he's literally holding his skin. Yep. He's filleted alive, basically. And it seems like every apostle gets themselves in trouble when they decide that they're going to go after, they're going to convert the daughter of the king. And so when this happens, they decide to fillet him alive. He's The pictures of him, if you ever Google this picture, you'll see that comes down to us from the early church fathers. He's alive while they're removing his skin. And then eventually, in all kindness, they behead him. So, And I, and I say that in a joking manner. But, um, but yeah, absolutely. The sufferings that we go through here, once in a while, We'll run into somebody that chastises us or does something. And I'm amazed how I can uh, pout about it afterward. And then all you have to do is open this book, and then suddenly you realize the suffering I went through is nothing compared to what they did. And we bring ourselves into that moment, and we can, we can bring ourselves through that and understand that there's a redemptive suffering that happened here in our lives, whether that's a, a stance that we take against abortion or in any Catholic circles that, that we see. So. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that uh, we, we should take every opportunity to endure a little suffering as a joy. And when we look at the grand scheme of things, as Clyde just said, do, do I really have it all that bad? The answer is no. I think of uh, the, the patro- one of the patron saints of missions, St. Francis Xavier, talk about people who traveled a great distance. And there's a, there's a story that before he became a missionary, St. Ignatius would follow him around trying to recruit him, and he'd just follow him and hide in the bushes. What does it profit a man to gain the riches of this world but suffer the loss of his soul? And uh, I need to be reminded of that. Adam, what does it really gain you to enjoy all of this comfort but then not get to heaven? Someday, so so there you have it. Quovati Sunday afternoons, one thirty p.m. right here on Covenant Network with Clyde Nasser, and I want to thank you for being with us once again on Roadmap to Heaven. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a break here. Stay tuned for more. A prayer for the gift of wisdom. Great is the wisdom of the Lord, God Almighty. Your wisdom includes an understanding of what is fair, what is logical, what is true, what is right, and what is lasting. It mirrors your pure intellect. I entreat you to grant me such wisdom that my labors may reflect your insight. Your wisdom expands in your creations, displaying complexity and multiplicity. Your wisdom is an eternity ahead of man. May your wisdom flourish forever. Amen. We have a catechist question for you this morning as we get ready to celebrate 
July 4th, which is just now what? One, two, three, four days away from today, right? Tomorrow's July 1st. Who is the patron saint of our country? Who is the patron saint of the United States of America? I'll give you a clue. We're going to celebrate her tomorrow as well. It's our Blessed Mother, specifically under the title of the Immaculate Conception. And in Washington, D.C., there's the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, the Basilica there. It's beautiful. Having been there many times to pray myself, I uh, it's one of the places I, I love to go to when I'm in Washington. Tomorrow, as we make our first Saturday devotions, we are doing that in part and in large part because of the blasphemies against the Immaculate Heart of Mary, right? So how about as we pray in reparation for those blasphemies, we pray specifically for our nation tomorrow. We can do all of this great work together, praying for a nation and making our first Saturday devotion all at the same time. So I think we would be wise to do that. Let's get you another check of the weather and our daily dose of encouragement. Prayer for Vocations. God, our Father, who wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of your truth, we beg you to send laborers into your harvest and grant them grace to speak your word with all boldness so that your word may spread and be glorified and all nations may know you, the only God, and him whom you have sent, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of the Americas, and Mary, Mother of the Franciscan Missionaries of the Eternal Word, pray for us. We are wrapping up the week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, talking about ways we can become a pro-life witness. And here with one more encouragement on the subject is Patty Schneier. This last encouragement actually comes from myself. All week we've been talking about suggestions from Brian Westbrook, the CEO, director, and founder of Coalition Life, and some very challenging tips and suggestions for becoming a pro-life witness. But in prayer, I had to just come up with this final one, and it was this. Stretch yourself. Grow. Read. Step out of your comfort zone. And the reason I say this is because it is so tempting to become complacent and just say that we're pro-life. I said that I was pro-life for the first 13 years of my marriage, all the while that I was contracepting, until I read and learned and realized that contraception, by its very definition, is against life. Contra means against. Conception, the very formation of life. So 13 years ago, I was challenged in that belief. Last year, I was challenged greatly in my own belief about the death penalty, and I had to rethink my assumptions and do something for prison ministry. This past Lent, I realized that while Missouri may no longer be performing abortions at our local facilities, there was a new facility right across the river in Fairview Heights, and I needed to go and pray there. So all of these things made me step out of my comfort zone. Did I want to drive over to Illinois? Did I want to go farther? Did I want to pray there? No, but I felt I needed to grow and do something and step out of my comfort zone. Next week, I'm about to get a tour of Our Ladies in because I want to be aware of the wonderful resources that are available for women in crisis, and I want to become involved in their mission. All of these things are stretching me, and all of these have challenged me to step out of my comfort zone. Join me in this. 
Stretch yourself and take one step to be a pro-life witness in the world. Just think of what we can do together to change the culture of death. If we all did just something new, different, that we'd never done before. You know, my brother is a dancer, and sometimes when he does the stretches, I say, well, there's no way I could do that. And he says, well, start with this stretch and try it. And then by the end of our time together, I'm amazed at how much I was able to do. And that's just with physical stretching, but this mental and spiritual stretching that you are calling us to, I am confident will have the same result. We'll be amazed by what we are able to do with the grace of God if we stretch ourselves. Well, in light of the holiday weekend coming up, I thought we could enjoy a little piece of patriotic music here this morning. Yeah, that gets you in the spirit right there. It makes me immediately think of the movie The Sandlot and the nighttime baseball game under the fireworks and many joyful memories of childhood. And we're working hard trying to think of what we're going to do to form some of those memories for our kids, where we're going for fireworks this coming uh, 4th of July. I, I know one of the options we're considering is up in Alton, Illinois, they have the St. Mary's Firework Fest. I believe that's Monday evening from 5 to 11 p.m. And it's uh, benefiting their youth group, the God Squad, and they'll have food and drink and whatnot available, a band, and then the Alton Fireworks later on that evening. It's uh, We might go there. We might go there. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Joseph, actually Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. In St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, have a great weekend. Don't forget today is Friday. It is a day of abstinence for meat or some other form of penance. And then over the weekend, you know, maybe have a hot dog to celebrate the uh, the holiday. But don't forget your first Saturday devotions tomorrow. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today.